Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to Cosmopolitan's All The Way With. I'm Paisley Gilmore. And I'm Laura Capon. And this week we're joined by Genevieve, Married at First Sight matchmaker. Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) No, I am really chuffed about this one. Yeah, you did really well. I love Genevieve. I've interviewed her loads. I'm addicted to her. Of course she's your pal. Everyone (laughs) is your pal. (laughs) No, I saw her on telly and I was like, I'm going to make her my professional friend. And then I did. <laughs> a professional friend. You know. Ooh. <laughs> I need to talk to you about um, people's sexiest man alive. Because... <laughs> what people? <laughs> people magazine. Oh, sorry. You know, you know, it's a thing. It's a thing every year and it came out in November. Stunning. It's hilarious. Okay. Can you tell me the concept of it? Do they vote? Who does someone vote? I think it's readers that vote. Okay. Um, every year for their sex i'm using air quotes sexiest men so one man gets crowned do you want to know what so that man this year because this isn't the funniest part so the main winner is michael b jordan which, oh fit yeah yeah i think we can all we can all agree <laughs> get behind um but some of the categories in here are just they does let's just say they've updated it for 2020 okay hang on so he won sexiest man in general yeah and then there's like separate categories okay so i'll start you off slow so one of the categories is guy who has been sexy so long they should retire his sexy jersey number (laughs) (laughs) is this a joke are they doing it knowing knowing that they're being cringe i'd like to think so but i don't know when we get further on so who do you think would win that so someone who's been sexy for a really long time yeah harrison ford oh he wasn't even up there what it's not even up here. There's, oh, damn it, Brad Pitt. Oh no! Do you know who? Do you know who is up there though? Robert Redford. Don't know who that is. You don't know from um. Oh, I can't remember the name. That really good film. Oh, did he start the a... Watergate scandal thing? Oh, he started the. Okay. Okay, no. moving on. Sexiest royal. Oh, Harry. Yeah. Yeah. Do you agree? <laughs> um, I actually think I'm more of a Prince William. <laughs> boring okay now we're getting into the good stuff sexiest brothers <laughs> Ooh, dylan and cole sprouse <laughs> how old are they aren't they a bit young <laughs> i'm young at heart baby <laughs> no i'm afraid it's the hemsworth brothers yeah they were going to be my second choice but my favorite thing about this is they've included all three of them oh, who's the third one <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. Okay, now we'll get to the good stuff. Sexiest content in quarantine. <laughs> what the fuck? 
the, the description says lockdown heated up when these guys posted to their feeds. Ooh. So for you, Paisley, who's been providing the sexiest content in quarantine? Um, Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's been going. I would second. <laughs> he's been going for runs in like bin bags. <laughs> Is it Shia or Shia? I call him Shia, but okay. probably should check that. I'm so Sadly, glad you agree. I do. I have you seen the video of him and he must meet like a fan's mum and she starts recording and she, he's like don't panic you gotta be confident you gotta be confident so I think she, she doesn't know if she's taking a video or a picture oh no but I will watch that I love him um, unfortunately the winner is Shawn Mendes who oh. all I think of is Benny Drama's impressions of Shawn Mendes <laughs> yeah 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 I no not for me you um, for me it might be like The Rock it's always The Rock that's your answer to every question <laughs> Right, who do you think is the sexiest happily settled guy? And I didn't make that up. That's a category. Happily settled. Okay, what? Who do I think has won it? Yeah, I reckon that it would be um, Ryan Reynolds. Oh my god, you're bang on! (laughs) Ding ding ding! They love him and Blake Lively. Everyone thinks that they're a dream couple. If you'd like to know the other nominees, Mm -hmm. there is Tom Hanks. Seth Seth Rogen, who I didn't even know was settled, Kevin mm. Bacon and Keanu Reeves, who I also didn't know was settled. No, <gasps> I, I did know Keanu, Keanu Reeves. He's been okay. with his wife for like years and years and years. He's such a nice man. Oh, right. Okay, Keanu. now because I do want to get to. The, I don't Sorry. want Gen, I don't want Genevieve to join halfway through our game. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sexiest new dad. <laughs> <laughs> Zane Malik. <laughs> He's nominated, but he didn't win. Try again. I don't know any other dads. Joe Jonas. Uh, You'll know this one, right? Sexiest chart topper. <laughs> chart topper is <laughs> just my favourite phrase. Sorry, did they write this in like 2010? What's a chart topper? Who, what is Top the of- charts anymore? <laughs> Yeah. Who are the charts? What is the chart? No, you'll approve of this one. Oh, I fancy them, do I? Harry Styles. Yeah. Okay, we've got a similar one to one before. Sexiest guy who entertained us in lockdown. Oh, I don't know, Elsie. John Krasinski, fully behind that one. He is, oh. Is he a hunk? Now, hang on. This is my favourite one. Sexiest man in a mask. (laughs) (laughs) Mike Myers. (laughs) <laughs> You're right, mate. <laughs> She's gone. <laughs> Laura loves a Halloween joke. <laughs> oh, that's really difficult. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, no Jason, no. I don't know. <laughs> Hang on, if I if I give you some context, it will help. <laughs> Their eyes had it this year as men who care <laughs> as men who cared about public health masked up across the country. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Someone with beautiful eyes, I guess. Um, Jake, Jacob Elodie, have you heard of him? Never heard of him. You? No. Also up for this prestigious award was Ben Affleck, Chris Pine, Hugh Jackman and Patrick Dempsey. Patrick Dempsey has lovely eyes. Mm, don't know who he is. <laughs> you don't know who he is? 
He's in, um, I can't think of a single film. <laughs> so he's, he's nobody. Got it. Um, and I think that's a great one to just finish on. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I love this game. I need to just go and calm myself down before right. Genevieve comes. Yeah, let's pull ourselves together. We're joined today by Genevieve Gresset, a professional matchmaker who is vice president of a group of international matchmaking agencies. She also runs relationship retreats and is married at first sight's resident dating expert. As the majority of her clients are straight couples, we will mainly be focusing on male-female pairings today. Hi, Genevieve. Hi, good morning. Hi, Genevieve. Sorry, I was, was a bit delayed there. Don't know Laura, why. we're recording now. <laughs> Hi, Laura. <laughs> Just checking you're with us. <laughs> I know, I'm very, I very much am and I'm really excited to um, hear your story. So how did you come to be a matchmaker? Oh, it was purely by accident. Um, about 27 years ago, I used to just, I, I was in a relationship and I was quite happy in my relationship and I, I didn't like, I'm an old romantic and I didn't like it when people used to say to me that they were sad and lonely and they needed to meet someone. So I spent, it was my mission. <laughs> it was kind of my, I was Aww. on a mission um, very early on of always putting people together. And this started off at college and then carried on. And when I got into a work environment, I was always sort of saying, oh, you should have lunch with so-and-so or you should go out with so-and-so. And very quickly, I started to realise that I could see patterns and see things in people. So I went off and studied some coaching and some other interpersonal skills. And I was working at the time in training and development. So by doing that, I, I the bits that I wanted more training on was all the personal skills, the soft skills side. So I just studied all of that to my heart's content from body language to all sorts of all sorts of different things. Um, and also a bit of psychology uh, with psychological s testing and, and, and all of that, just to understand people's behaviours and, and patterns a little bit more. Then about, oh, it must be about 27 years ago now, um, I decided to set up just to test it out because there was nothing else out there, a supper club. So I had something called the Secret Supper Club, um, which I ran sort of in Surrey and had the, the Surrey Dining Club as well. But it was all little secret suppers. So people wouldn't know where they were meeting. And I would give them a phone call on the day and tell them, meet at this place at eight o'clock. And I'd hire mm. like a back room of a restaurant somewhere. And it started with 20 or 30 people. And within a year, I had a thousand people that wanted to come to my suppers and eight marriages already under my belt. <gasps> So were you, were you picking people, were you trying to match them then at that point? Yeah, absolutely. So I would change, I know, I would put people sort of in the room and then I'd watch them. And with the body language, I'd watch and see who was kind of checking who out. And I would move them around in between courses. And so by dessert, I would really see who's really checking somebody out. So I'd sit them next to each other for dessert. Um, so that was how it went. And sometimes as it came, sort of went on, I'd then start putting people together at the beginning for starters and then put them back together for dessert again if they were still checking each other out through the main course and, and that was <laughs> so that was really good I remember one couple but I kept putting them together and I knew they should be together and they just wouldn't talk to each other I thought I'm getting really fed up with this so for the next few times they came along I deliberately kept them apart <laughs> And then on about the third or fourth time, I put them together and that was it. That was it. <laughs> we were we were off. We were off. <laughs> My first thought that springs to mind, what do you do if there's someone that isn't like, no one seems to like them? Do they have to go and sit outside? <laughs> there's no naughty corner. <laughs> um, no, of course not. And that's never happened. Everybody 
always talks to somebody and I have I have a host on each table. I mean, now they're much bigger events, but I have a host on each table when I've run them in the UK in the last few years. Well, the last 10, 15 years. Um, but in particular, what I do is have a host on each table who will look after anybody who's struggling to communicate or just seems... Who's floundering. You know, yeah, who, who just seems uncomfortable because not everybody is comfortable being in that situation. They think it'll be a great idea and then they go along and it can be a little bit overwhelming. So I always say to people, go for drinks first and we try and have drinks parties before the suppers. So that sort of breaks the ice a little bit more as well. Um, just as you were saying that, it made, it made me wonder how many matches slash marriages have you been responsible for oh do you know what it's really that that's the hardest thing because sometimes I'll find out years later that people have got married (laughs) I had one woman not so long ago say to me oh you introduced my friend and her husband and you introduced my sister and now I want to be introduced. <laughs> so oh, wow. and I'm thinking, well, hang on, who's your friend? Let's just backtrack a little bit. And who's so I think it must be well over a thousand, if not oh my fifteen hundred. If not if not more. I you know, I've I've got <laughs> no idea how many. Um I'm directly responsible for because there's that indirect responsibility as well through the events and also through people meeting and taking numbers and maybe not not getting together for six months or a year later but they've met at at something that I've organized for them (laughs) (laughs) I wish you could see my face then because you know in like cartoon characters when their eyes pop out their heads and they see like dollar signs (laughs) mine did that but I just saw husband (laughs) how many husbands are you after Laura? <laughs> Just the one. Okay, we could do that. We could do that. Not too greedy. <laughs> perfect, perfect. So, what kind of people do come to you? Anybody that wants a serious relationship. Um, obviously, on the retreat side, we get people who are going through difficulty, who are, who are struggling, who who you know perhaps keep meeting the wrong types of people, and we also get couples that come to us who are struggling in their relationship. So, we do singles and couples. Um, retreats but so that's separate the matchmaking side and also the matchmaking side sometimes I get people that are just not ready on any level so hence by being a coach we're able to help them and support them and put them on a coaching journey before we even think about introducing them to somebody Um, because at the end of the day you attract what you give off and if you keep giving off the wrong things you're going to keep attracting the wrong people and sometimes you can't see that and friends are too kind and we'll say no you're lovely you're everything else and and they don't really know what you're like or who you are when it comes to dating so what could you be giving off that's um not attracting someone okay so the first thing that you could be giving off is i don't need anybody this is probably the biggest problem with women in the uk um, of professional women. Professional women give off. Okay, so that's so the biggest problem with that that I've come across is professional women give off this. I don't need you. I'm too independent. I I don't want a man. So they're they're putting them off before they're even attracting them. Okay. Can I just check? When we talk about this, we're going to talk mainly about men and women pairings. Yeah, sure. Women tend to interview men. Uh, it's like oh, they've God, I'm made so their... bad yeah. <laughs> It's like they've made their mind is. up. Yeah. But the biggest complaint I get after a first date is God, that was like going on an interview. There was no <laughs> there was oh. there wasn't a chance to see if there would be anything romantic going on because I felt like I was being interviewed. I felt like I wasn't good enough and people were she was deep diving into 
talking about things. I felt very inferior um, to her. So, you know, there's a lot of that. Um, women go in with an air of superiority to dating and they think mm. if the man doesn't fit all my criteria, then on to the next one. People treat it like a commodity. It's like buying a pair of shoes. If you buy a pair of shoes and they're uncomfortable, you take them back. Rather than sitting in the shop and really trying that pair of shoes on, walking around with them, you know, really feeling what they'll feel like. Would they be good for this? Would they be good for that? And and really, you know, I remember used to buying shoes and really loving the shoes before I left the shop. Whereas it's a bit like dating. People should go on a date and really focus their attention on getting to know and being curious and seeing how well that other person fits them without going into full-on interrogation mode. Let it happen naturally. Have some natural conversation. Keep it light. Um, you know, don't go into how many children do you want and what schools are they going to go to? And believe me, I hear that on first dates happening a lot. Um, so you've got to keep it so that it's a flowing conversation and you talk about stuff that's general life. So it could be holidays, places you've been on, so that you're uncovering what you like about that person and what they like about life. I guess it's because... Um, people have a lot of like deal breakers, right? And they want to find out if those deal breakers are there. So they're not like wasting their time. Is that how it's kind of? Yes, but that's where they're doing it wrong. You see, you do okay. that before you go on the date. You don't waste your time on the date. So Ooh, okay. if you've got specific deal breakers, um, and also you need to get your deal breakers in check. Okay. Mm. Because ladies are really good. I remember one lady coming to me with a, with 60 or was it 65? It was about 60, 65 deal breakers. <laughs> and I sat her down and I said, it wasn't until, me. Yeah, it wasn't you. It wasn't you. And I said, until you rip this up, we're not going any further. And I want you to whittle it down to three. You need three deal breakers, no more. Because if you have, because it, otherwise you're, you're self-sabotaging the whole process. And at the end of the day, let's face it, you can go to a bar the old fashioned way when bars were open mm. and you could go and you could sit in a bar or even on a train or a plane, get start talking to somebody. You're both sat down. You don't know how tall they are. You don't know very much about them. You don't know where they live um, and you get on and there's a, there's a, there's something there that makes you curious enough to want to, to know more and want to uncover and see them a little bit more. And there's, you know, there's a bit of funs going on. So that's, that's how it should be. Yet if you go, you wouldn't go to someone at a bar and when they stand up there, you look at them and say, are you over five foot 10? And they say, no, I'm actually five foot nine. Oh, sorry, I can't see you again. We've just had three Agreed. hours of great mm. talking and a wonderful time. Oh, and where do you live? Oh, I live, you know, wherever. Oh, well, that's a, that's a mile out of my zone. <laughs> so, I'm not, so even though we've had a fabulous time, I'm not going to see you again. You know, th this is how ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous deal breakers are. And Personally, I think deal breakers are suffocating relationships mm. and they're suffocating people's dating journeys. That's my viewpoint. <laughs> Do you mean like the little little ones like that as opposed to like, I really need to have children? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I mean, children, I think I would allow as a deal breaker. Smoking and drugs and alcohol, I would have as a deal breaker as well. Um, so those are those are big lifestyle mm. deal breakers. Genevieve, and, I'm yes. Sorry, I'm raising my hand. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> the thing is that's really hard though is because the nature of dating now, like with dating apps, it makes mm. us we're forced to set those. Um, so I 
totally agree with what you're saying, but like I have to set my radius for the amount of like miles um like I see someone, I have to pick their age um, for who is actually even going to come up for me. So do you know what I mean? It's hard. So open it up, open it up on online dating. So when I'm working with clients who are online dating, the first thing I say to them is, what's the furthest you'd go? Oh, I'd go anywhere in the country. Great. Put national down. If you really mean that, put national down. If someone says, I really, I'm so busy with work. So there's a, you know, there's a practicality about setting yourself up to succeed. I'm really busy with work. I work in central London. I don't really want to travel more than an hour outside of central London. Great. Let's put it to maybe a 50 mile radius then from Mm. where you are. So it's, it's, it's actually when you work with a coach or a matchmaker, we, we dig deep to find out how we can set you up to succeed rather than, you know, what, what the might be nice things are. That's the difference. Okay. Can we go back to the like um, overly confident, independent women? Yes, of course. <laughs> of course. Uh, how, um, so me and my, I feel like me and my friends all have this and we discuss it and then we come mm. to the cl- conclusion maybe we're arrogant. <laughs> but <laughs> we feel like men don't like funny women either. That's another thing. But also, how do you then find Well, it depends without... on fun. Okay too fun um but then how do you find someone without changing who you are because surely you don't have to change who you are what what you have to do is you have to put yourself in with a relationship head-on rather than a single head-on because relationship is all about compromise now I'm not saying masses massive compromise but there has to be compromise when you're merging two lives together so, you know, if you want to go out partying every night with your girlfriends mm. or a guy wants to go out partying every night with his with his mates, that's going to not be a very healthy relationship moving forward for the two of you as a couple to have the trust. Hey, everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast Fat Mascara here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosa 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S O. L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldejanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. To have all the other things that are needed to build upon on the Mm. get-go. It just doesn't happen. So yes, you can be independent. Yes, you can be funny. But there's a difference between being funny and making fun of other people and at other people's expense. (laughs) And I think that's where lots of people come unstuck because nice, kind, 
genuine guys are really put off by women who take the mickey out of other people and have that 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 streak. And you need to look at yourself if that's something that you do do, um, if you get a kick out of it. Because they say what goes around comes around. <laughs> and it's very <laughs> true. And I always say to people when I'm working with them on a coaching perspective, don't behave in a way that you wouldn't want other people to behave about you or to you. Mm-hmm. I feel um, very ashamed and very seen. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I'm not saying it for that, Laura. I'm really not. But there is a, a time when, yeah, when you're with your girlfriends and you're younger, and I see it, my daughter's in her 20s, I see it with her and her friends. And, you know, I, there's, there's a generational thing. But then there's a time, and that's fine if you, if you don't want a serious relationship and you just want to be out there having fun, that's fine. Do You have to understand what type of relationship you want and then you have to adapt to that because if you're if you're wanting a fun party life that's not really conducive to having a long-term steady living with someone relationship okay hence the compromise comes in (laughs) damn it (laughs) (laughs) now it could be (laughs) but it could be laura that a full-on living with someone relationship isn't going to be right for you anyway for now at the time of your life that you're in i mean the the joke really hits is here that I'm I'm never partying. Oh, okay. So is it the right? So it's the fantasy. Okay. I mean that's the real that's the real joke. That's the that's kicker. The okay. So <laughs> oh, we need to go deep, Laura. We need to go deep with this. So okay, that's interesting. So so why are you saying that then? <laughs> Do you want I, to? Is that what you want? Or is there is there something holding you back from really wanting a relationship? Maybe fear. I was going to say fear is the biggest one. What, and, oh, why do I always end up here turning it into my own personal session? No, no, but it's, as Genevieve said, it's that's the biggest one. a really common yeah. thing. So it's useful. Can you tell us about the yeah. fear stuff? So fear. Now, it could be fear of success and thinking this is going to be the last person I have a relationship with. Um, And it can also be fear of failure and fear of not being good enough for somebody and also fear of just screwing it up. Mm. So it's understanding what the fear is. And is the fear, is it, is it unfounded? Is it something that you need to work on? Is it, is it something that is a pattern that needs to be broken? I just are they rhetorical yeah, questions well, or is Laura going to well, answer? You can, you can answer them or you can just pause I, for thought. I feel like for a lot of people, myself included, I think there's also kind of a fear and an also. Oh, Pacey, would you agree? It kind of like, what's the point? I d- just, I think with modern dating, it you just get like let down, let down, let down. So and, that's a pattern then. So your yeah. yours is a fear of repeating a pattern. Mm. Okay, so then you break the pattern. So you have to work on yourself and think, okay, so why do I keep attracting these types of people into my life that keep letting me down? Oh, is it what like am you... I doing? Like, uh... <laughs> I thought it was just that the majority of the people are annoying and shit. It's nothing Laura's doing. No. You're saying we we partly are to blame for the people Absolutely. we attract. Crap. You don't have to. Oh. You don't have to encourage those people into your relationship you don't have to have a relationship with them you have a choice but how do you weed them out before Uh, there's lots of different ways they let Uh, you that's a whole new session (laughs) 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 but I know I know it's deep isn't it it's deep and 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 it's Mm. about projecting it's again it's what you give off what you attract so it's about looking at what you're doing 
to attract those people into your life and, and actually sitting down and working out what it is. And this is what we do on the retreats. We spend a whole day and it is a whole day <laughs> looking at patterns, looking at the past and working through the past. So the retreats are set up with, we spend a day looking at the past, then the following day on the present and the future, because you've got to understand and break the patterns of the past before you can really step forward into the future to attract the right type of person. And you need to know what's really important for you. And until you know what's really important for you and what the key values and qualities in a person that you're looking for are, it's going to be difficult to then recognise that in somebody else and then want to hold on to them and work harder and dig deeper and, you know, try those shoes on a little bit more before you leave the, before you leave <laughs> the store with them. So there's all of those things that need a little bit of work. So Genevieve, what makes a good match? How do we know when we found a good match with someone? It's how you feel energetically with that person. Are you, do you, do they feel like a comfortable pair of shoes? I'm going to use shoes for this. <laughs> um, you know, are they reliable? Are they going to be reliable? Are they going to, uh, do they show up when they say they're going to show up? <laughs> it, you know, it's all of those things. And it's about, we've got five areas of compatibility in a relationship and it's making sure that those five areas really resonate with you and that you tick those five areas for that person and they tick your five areas. And those five areas are intellectual compatibility, emotional intelligence, emotional compatibility, physical. And I'm not just talking, you know, sex. I'm talking, you know, just looking at someone and just smiling when you're looking at them and thinking about them. Just everything about them makes makes you feel nice. It's not just a sexual fizzy thing. Um, then you've got the psychological compatibility. Um, and then the final thing is spiritual. So that's the unseen stuff. That's the soul connection. It's the, it's the much deeper level. And that takes time to, to establish that. So that you don't often know first off, or sometimes people can feel that they have this huge soulful connection with somebody and then they have to work out the other bits in between. Um, I am so interested in emotional intelligence. Could you explain like what it is and why it's important in a relationship? Yeah, emotional intelligence is is actually pretty key in, in any relationship that you have. Um, so for example, emotional intelligence covers again, five areas. I'm good with my fives. So you've got the self-awareness, you've got empathy, you've got motivation, um, self-regulation and social skills. So those are the five areas that tend to make up what we class in the profession <laughs> as emotional intelligence. And also, you know, anyone who does work on emotional intelligence and, when I'm looking at compatibility and when I'm looking at people to take on who say they're ready to date, I, I look at, you know, how self-aware are they about themselves and also about other people and, you know, empathy, how, what's their empathy like or do they have zero empathy when it comes to, um, you know, other people's feelings and motivation, what motivates them, what's their motivation behind wanting a relationship what's what's their raison d'etre so to speak and then self-regulation how good are they at you know self-regulating in appropriate circumstances and not appropriate circumstances and there's the social skills as well because social skills are are very important when it comes to emotional intelligence and again how someone interacts with people do they do they tend to go in and steal the limelight are they quite shy and reserved or are they very comfortable speaking to anybody and making people feel comfortable and at home and 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 
in easy company with them. And does immediate physical um, sexual attraction matter? No, no. Um, And I think Married at First Sight shows that across the majority of the shows around the world is, and I've had it a lot with people that have not found people attractive on the first date. And I'm not talking about... um, beautiful or you know sexy or handsome or anything like that but it's just it's more oh I don't know what I'm attracted to um and often they're the people that come into this with fear so what they're looking at is they're looking at reasons why not to be with somebody rather than looking at the reasons why that relationship could be healthy and compatible so again self-sabotage kicks in because we set ourselves up to look for every reason why we shouldn't have a second date with somebody so if you give yourselves three dates with somebody and you're still not feeling it fine I surrender (laughs) however (laughs) if on the first date there's enough curiosity to think okay let's let's go for a second date um and the second date gives you again enough curiosity to think okay yeah I can see I can see why this this could be interesting to explore a bit further and so by the third date you should know whether you would not necessarily we want to marry them or have their babies or anything like that but you should know if there's enough of the five areas that we were talking about with intelligence, emotional intelligence, and the intellectual, the physical, uh, you know, the psychological, you should have enough information there to know whether you want to invest your time into taking this further. Yeah, that makes sense. I I totally agree with the self-sabotage thing, because there is often like, oh, is it worth it? But... I see what you're saying. If there isn't, I guess, your red flags, like you're, you are... Absolutely. I mean, on the psychological thing, that's the first thing I always say to people, especially if you're internet dating. Make sure that there's nothing in the past that, that's, you, you know, if you've seen Dirty John, you, you'll, you'll, be ter- you'll be terrified. <laughs> you, you, oh, would, God. you would You'd never, never date, date again. again. <laughs> um, but it works both ways. For, there are just as many narcissistic, psychopathic women out there as there are men. Um but it tends to be more men, unfortunately, <laughs> scientifically. So um, you know there are things you have to you have to put your safety first. You have to if you're if you're internet dating, you have to make sure the person is who they say they are, and they're not you know they're not married, mm. um, they're not in a relationship. And ask the questions outright. Don't dance around it. Ask them outright. So I just want to make sure that you are single. <laughs> um, mm. Don't be frightened to ask that. Just checking there's no wife and wife that's going to come after me. Because 60% of people online, that was the latest statistics that I got from um, the online dating community that I, I'm part of, is um, 60% of people online are in a relationship and they're, they're online just Ooh. for a pastime, just to get their ego stroked, just because they don't feel they're getting what they're getting from the relationship. Yeah. Mm, so that, so they're online to get attention. It's an attention seeking thing. And they're often the ones that won't talk to you on the phone. They're often, it's very easy to spot them. They won't talk to you on the phone. They won't come off the app and talk to you in WhatsApp or whatever else um, fairly quickly. They'll want to keep it going online. Um, sorry, just to, I was mm. just thinking again about the self-sabotaging because it's definitely something I do. When you start to n- feel yourself doing it and you know you're doing it, how do you, you say to um, yourself, stop? okay, <laughs> you have a really good therapeutic session with yourself and say to yourself, right, I'm going to write down oh. a list of my motivation. Let's tap into our emotional intelligence here. My motivation for wanting a relationship. Mm-hmm. 
Now, I can do one of two things. I can either carry on on the motivational side and, and you know, follow this through with this person or I'll just call it a day now and then I'll just have some time to work on me, maybe go and work with a coach and just work on me so that I don't get to this point and keep repeating this pattern. Mm -hmm. Can um, we we also circle back (laughs) on, you know, again, with the the being too independent, but how do you, when you're single, I get when you're in a relationship or dating someone, but when you're single, how can you kind of, could you be coming across as too independent to then attract someone to date? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I can spot those women a mile off. I walk into a room and they've, they've kind of got, and I'm not, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear, but they've kind of got, you know, get stuff written on their head, basically. Um, it, looks like they're su- <laughs> it looks like they're sucking lemons. And, um, you know, I go, I, when I've run single events, I can walk into the room and I will go up to the women that look like that and say, are you all right being here? <laughs> um, and they'll say to me, well, I don't see any point in really being here, but I've been dragged along by my friends. And I say to them, okay, then what I suggest is you kind of sit on the sidelines because you're really giving off this energy that you don't want to be here and no one's going to approach you. And then you're going to tell me at the end of the evening, you've had a really uncomfortable night. So either shake it off <laughs> and get with the program mm. and, and embrace it. You've got nothing to lose. You could be the person of your dreams tonight or step out of the arena or just go and speak to other people who are feeling that they don't want to be here. I almost feel sometimes when I run events that I want this naughty corner of people who really don't want to be there, that perhaps they're the wingmen and women, you know, somewhere for them to yeah. retreat to. Because there's always a, a bunch of those. And that they they can really bring down the tone for whoever they're supporting. Um, so if you're in it and you're out there and you're looking for someone, do it properly or don't do it at all. Ooh, I like that. <clears throat> You've got, you've got to, because at the end of the day, you'll just keep self-feeding or, you know, saying, well, there's no one out there. And if you go out with that attitude, of course, no one's going to be attracted to you because you're going to be projecting this. Well, no one wants to talk to me. So therefore I'm going to have this aura about me. And, and I'm sure you pick it up ladies, when you're out and about and you can see someone you think, oh God, they look miserable or they look great. Or you could just, it's an energy. So if you're feeling down about things and you're going out with the intention that you're never going to meet anyone, guess what? You're never going to meet anyone. So if, but if you go out there with the intention, you know, I'm just going to have a really good time and I'm going to be open to seeing what people come my way. It's a bit like the Celestine Prophecy. I don't know if you've ever read the Celestine Prophecy. Oh, it's a great book. You've got to read it. Um, But it's one of those things that it's, it's all about that energy. It's all about the energy that you get that you give off. Um, and what harmful myths do you, lots of people believe about finding love that could be getting in the way? Um, that everyone's a player. That no one's um, that no one's faithful anymore. Um, that relationships just don't last. That people are just, especially successful women, they, men are just going to. I'm going to find a poor man who's just going to want me for my money. Um, so there's lots of different things that people will be using to go into self-sabotage mode and to feed it they, they really feed and nurture the self-sabotage okay so don't feed the don't feed the self-sabotage don't feed the monster yeah there's a <laughs> sabotage monster inside all of us and we have a choice we can feed that sabotage monster or we can starve it to death <laughs> mine is overfed 20 yeah my, mine is you, stuffed <laughs> uh, we need to talk more to the brim. <laughs> 
<laughs> and just to finish, Genevieve, have you learned anything from the married at first sight couples? I think the biggest thing that I've learned from the married at sight couples is people have got to be really ready and willing to embrace the journey for the right reasons. And we saw thousands of people, there are about seven and a half thousand people that applied for the last series. And we quickly eliminated a lot of people, a lot of people who really didn't understand what a relationship was and what what work is necessary to make a relationship happen. And I mean, we, we had a three out of four success rate because the other two that we introduced off camera, because they three days before their wedding, everything got cancelled, obviously because of lockdown. Mm. They're, they're still together and going strong. And it's because they've we've, we've carried on working with them. They've put the work in um, and they're both very committed. In fact, the three couples that are together are very committed. They're very curious. Um, they're very, you know, they're very open to wanting this to work for them and wanting it to work for the other person as well. So it's not just an I, there's a we element. They've all come in with this big we as a couple, not just what am I going to get out of it? And I think that's the biggest thing that I look for is people that are capable of being in a we in a relationship rather than the I and the other half of a relationship. I feel, yeah, I'm just thinking, I know I'm just thinking, <laughs> I feel like we've got a lot of um, food for thought. <laughs> to be continued. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, Genevieve. If people want to find you, where can they find you and your relationship retreats? Yeah, so they can find me quite easily at um, obviously www. Um, and it's relationshipretreats.co.uk. Going there immediately. Thank you so much for your time. <laughs> You're very welcome. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. I'm just really um, in my thoughts right now. What are you thinking? I don't know. I feel a bit overwhelmed. What's so <laughs> I totally get. I think that self sabotage thing is so true. But I also still don't fully get, I agree that thing of being too independent is probably an obstacle, but I still don't get how you then become less independent. It kind of goes against what I believe. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I Because I, in general, have a real issue with men are like this, women are like this. I, to me, that feels old-fashioned and gender stereotypy and if I was dating men I'd want a man who admired my independence mm. and was equally independent and I wouldn't want to change that for anybody so I that's something that I, like that's some advice that personally I wouldn't I wouldn't and couldn't take but some of it's really helpful no I I think it is all really helpful I guess it's just how because I guess it, like your personal circumstances are also different it reminds me of mm-hmm. this is hilarious but when me and my friends like years ago we go out and you know it'd be like people are a bit intimidated to approach a group so one of us would always like stand out on the dance floor oh, on the their bait. own and try and look a bit vulnerable <laughs> look a it, bit never vulnerable. it never worked it never worked but I know I I definitely think I feel like I need to write down that's what I was thinking when she was saying about the self-sabotage and like what do you actually want mm. I feel like you know that meme of that guy with the whiteboard and like he's just stressed yeah 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 that's how that's how I feel I'm like oh, what do goodness. I want okay, Genevieve help me for next week oh okay. we were gonna do this a well, few weeks yeah, ago we were. we're gonna write down our five oh let's do that for the next one okay 
Oh no, but she said three. Write down three, three non-negotiables, and also she said write down your motivations, what you want okay. from a relationship. I love it when we get homework and we don't follow through on it. No, we and thank God <laughs> we will got this no week one to tell us off. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Right, I'm gonna start my homework. This brings us to the end of this episode of Cosmopolitans All the Way With. Thanks to Genevieve for joining us and to you for listening. If you have any sex questions or dating dilemmas, message us on Twitter or Instagram at Cosmopolitan UK. Cosmopolitans All the Way With was recorded by Number 8 Studios remotely and is available to download on all the usual podcast apps. Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast Fat Mascara here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beige Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.